Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I am your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Connor Baxter back on with us. Connor, how are you? Doing good, man. Uh, always stoked to be back on. A little time home for the holidays. And uh, yeah, winter is upon us, bro. I know. You guys just had a crazy swell over there. Tell me about that thing. Yeah, just a little Thanksgiving, I guess, uh, after feast, if you still had uh, some room in, in your to get in your wetsuit to get out there. But um, <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> little bit of swell, but just got done with a crazy season. And like I said, yeah, always nice to be home for off season. Sick, dude. Well, uh, what have you been up to, Connor? I haven't talked to you in a bit, so it's good to have you on here. Yeah, man, no worries. Uh, yeah, it's been a hectic few months of travel for some World Tour events. Um, the Pan American Games, which was huge. That was an amazing event down in Chile. And just recently got back from Thailand from uh, the Canoe Federation puts on a big world championships every year. And it was in Thailand. So um, three big events. Stoked to come away with some medals, some losses. But uh uh, all in all, it's been a pretty stellar year for sure. Nice, dude. Yeah, I want to I want to talk to you about your accomplishments uh, in a second here, but before we get into that, dude, and your uh, last couple travels that you've been on, uh, give us a little overview on yourself and what you do for the people that maybe haven't met you before. Yeah, for sure. No worries. Um, professional waterman at heart. I've uh, lived growing up here in Maui. We just kind of learned how to do everything, but. Um, recently till the last 16 years been stand up paddling and uh it's been a way to kind of fuel the dream get to travel the world see some amazing places meet some amazing people um and all the way up until yeah 2023 been paddling and surfing all the above and a um, couple world titles from that and able to just kind of live out the dream for sure dude it's so so epic to hear that i feel like Watching you on social media and like what you've accomplished is so freaking cool to see. And I get so stoked every single time that I, I see any type of new experience that you've had. But um, recently you've, you've had some pretty uh, incredible accomplishments. Dude. Let's talk about um, what's been going on recently. Yeah, recently is definitely a huge one. Uh, the Pan Ams. That one is Olympic ran in the sense it's every four years. So the last time... I had the opportunity to partake in that was in Peru, but 2019, it's always one year before the Olympics, um, this year down in Chile. And just to make the whole experience even more rad, uh, my buddy Zane, who I grew up with, we're, you know, been brothers basically since uh, childhood, he did sub surfing one gold and, uh, I did the sub race and in the same location where they were at and was able to come away with gold defending that title. Dude, how crazy is that? Were you tripping out? We were tripping out because obviously like going to there, you know, we traveled caught on the same flight in Maui all the way there. We're bunking together in the same room. And since kids, we've been doing this, you know, literally we've been traveling the world since, I don't know, 12, 13, and we're both, you know, 29, 30 now. So We've been doing it our whole life. We've won events. We've lost events together. But this is, you know, later in our career, a really big one. Um, you know, it was a way for the short borders, for instance, to qualify themselves yeah. for the Olympics, you know. So um, really cool, like, to kind of get a taste of the, you know, one step closer to that Olympic level. 
far as like, you know, everything taken care of, you're showing up. I had a race board. They're like, oh, we've been expecting you. Let me take that board, you know, because Delta was sponsoring Team USA uh, to, you know, just full ride everything uniform wise. And, um, you know, it was really cool experience, but to walk away with two gold medals and bring those back to Maui was uh, super special. Yeah, dude. And especially, I feel like the community there is so supportive on any type of sport that anybody does all throughout Hawaii, not just Maui, but it's so cool to see that. And you bring that back to your Island, right. And everybody's just so stoked on that. Yeah, for sure. It is cool. For sure. It's a feeling like no other, especially with crazy things that has had happened. Uh, we were both like, I, I mean, especially Zane really being affected by it, really tentative on just even leaving Maui because there's so much to be done. Uh, he's working every day in this community. So for him to even take the time to, you know, leave, go do that with like not had been surfing, obviously, for the, you know, two months prior, um, not even once, you know, so just going super into it, cold turkey, down cold waves, big, the finals day for him was pumping, it was like double, triple overhead. Uh, yeah, it was sick. He, he was just rip, ripping. Um, but yeah, no, super rad for sure. Maui especially, they love, I feel like, all the sports. We are really innovative in that sense. Stand-up paddling was started here. Um, the winging, the foiling was kind of evolved here, got crazier, bigger with Laird back in the day, putting snowboard bindings <laughs> and sending it at Jaws to then Kai getting it up on, you know, a downwind swell. And now it's crazy. That's that's all I, anybody and everybody does is either winging or subfoiling downwind or in the harbor. And um, yeah, so it's pretty cool in that sense. Maui is very welcoming and all the sports guaranteed. So amazing. It is really cool to see, you know, Maui be like the epicenter for um, the new generation of stuff that's happening. It's crazy. Like Kai, you were saying, it's just unbelievable. And I mean, you've you've competed against Kai with stand up stuff, right? Correct. Yeah, he's we've com we've been competing against each other for a long time, even from like young, young age and the like classic uh, high tech longboard event and boogie board event and all those things to windsurfing for a while. And then we all got super into SUP. And then, um, yeah, exactly. Besides going to Chile, where else have you been going to and what other events? Yeah, so Chile was rad. Two weeks down there for one race, but was able to like, you know, battle with penguins, be there, experience that, soak that all up. Came home for about a week. Uh, so shout out to my wife, really a strong one there. She took care of the kids and held down the fort for the last uh, month, basically, because got right back onto a plane and went to Thailand, which was the ICF, the International Canoe Federation has their world championship. And uh, prior year in Poland, I had won the gold for the 200 meter and gold for the 1000 meter technical. So I was going there with uh, a little bit of weight on the shoulders, obviously. Um, and there's 900 competitors. I mean, in our division, there might have been maybe 100 or more. But for instance, because they had juniors, they had 40 plus, 50 plus. And it was an opportunity even for the juniors and the, the age division guys to get their world title, you know, so... Huge event, 900 paddlers, maybe even more, to be honest. Um, and it had, I mean, into my mind, all the best paddlers in the world. So it really kind of was time to prove and show. But unfortunately, got silver, which is still, I mean, pinch myself every day. Silver is still amazing. 
And that was in the 200 meter to, a, I mean, the guy who had won it in the previous years that I took it back from, for instance. So we all knew he had it in him and it was like within seconds, especially in that straight line 200 meter. Um, but like I said, it kind of like fired me up, got me motivated. Uh, you know, it was like, okay, we got the thousand meter. To be honest, this is my bread and jelly. This is like, I love this kind of racing, Te- especially like Pan Am's, for instance, was in the surf a uh, little bit longer. But this is a thousand meter, real technical, like four or five turns, hit the beach, run with your board, do two laps kind of thing. Uh, Beach start running off the beach, super exciting. And uh, had to do a bunch of heats, make your way through to the, you know, quarter semis and then the finals. And the finals was the last race of the whole entire event. And I was able to go out there and not only just kind of win it, which like hair on my teeth kind of thing, like was like in front while the battle was happening behind me and I could just hear it happening. And every time I hear the boards crushing, people yelling, I would kind of push a little bit harder, push a little bit harder. And that would kind of open that gap up each time uh, throughout each turn. And uh, yeah, I was able to walk away defending that one at least, another gold gold medal and um, came home end of the year can go have off season, eat all the turkey I want, yes. get nice and fat. <laughs> How do those divisions work for the ICF? So there's three main divisions and um, it's a long distance, which I didn't partake in. Um, if it was, for instance, a long distance here in Hawaii where it's, you know, 10, 15, even Mount Molokai to Oahu, 32 miles, I don't mind because you have ocean behind you and that you can cover a lot more distance. It's basically road biking versus mountain biking, you know what I mean? Or cross country because you're not going downhill all the time, but you get these little hills and little ramps and little glides. Uh, So the distance race I didn't partake in in Thailand, it was super hot, humid, and flat water. Uh, Then the next one would be 200 meter. That's just straight line. You know, you just go for it uh, all out. You have your own lanes. You have to kind of stay in between them. And, um, that one's pretty fun. It's super exciting. Everyone's so close. I mean, it, in my race, for instance, I was, I mean, lucky enough to even get third in the sense that all three of us were first through third nose and nose and nose. And then the last, I don't know, 25 meters, the kid from new Caledonia, Noik pulled a, just a nose ahead. So he kind of solidified his spot, but I was even or just behind third place, for instance, and right before the finish line, we have a 14-foot board with like a tail kicker for buoy turn. So I just shot my board out and it's nose across the line. It's not body like running. So that was able to kind of like, boom, okay, for sure got, for sure got second. Didn't even You're like to... running up on the board, just trying to like get up front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was pretty exciting in that sense. And then, like I said, my favorite is the technical and that can be any distance. Uh, the ICF chooses a thousand just because they're a canoe federation. You know, they have their distances. They're they're way more to the book and uh, rule followers, for instance, compared to the Surf Federation. <laughs> it's interesting talking to you about that because I never knew that you did that. I thought you were just all stand up paddleboard and like amazing surfer and Connor Baxter style. I didn't even know that you <laughs> you really are a waterman, and it's so fun to talk to you about this stuff because every time I learn something new about you. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, especially with SUP, might as well take advantage of all the different platforms and world titles and, uh, you know, keep my face and name present in the sport. So what about the Pan America games? I mean, what were the divisions like there? For instance, that's a whole nother federation. So this is when it comes to paddle ticks, not politics, paddle ticks. (laughs) 
But um, this is like a different federation, surfing. They're the ones who brought, obviously, surfing to the Olympics. They're going to be going 2024 in Tahiti. Um, we'll, we'll see. And uh, they had one division, just a technical race, and it's normally between three kilometers to five kilometers. So more like a 15 to 20 minute race, more in that kind of range, depending on conditions. For instance, the location in Chile that we had, we had an option A course and an option B course. And I don't know if you're familiar with Punta Lobos, but it's a big wave spot. But even when it's small, it's a nice long left-hander that you can typically get some fun rides all the way through. And then when it's big, obviously, you get some really nice bombs. Uh, of course, they waited to the last day, and the last day happened to be like, no joke. I mean, like I was telling you, Zane was competing that day. We have to like show you some photos. It was like probably 12 to 15 foot out the back. And the sandbars were just closing out. And there was like two sandbars that kind of reminded of us, me like Ocean Beach. You had to like get through one. And then there's that kind of dead zone, but it's not always a dead zone. But then you got to get. <laughs> oh, gosh. So we actually ended up going for option C, which, uh, you know, we'll see what that uh, means. And then the day of it was kind of just a course on the inside. And um, we were still super technical, hopping whitewater going sideways parallel to the waves, which is super tricky on the race boards. And we did like four laps of that. So let me ask you this, coming from Maui, coming from an island that, you know, if you think about it, the islands of Hawaii have huge swell and you guys get to train in that swell. And for you guys, I feel like maybe you, you might've had the advantage here because you guys are so adjusted to that. And maybe he won the surf contest probably because he freaking rips, but also because he can go throw huge hacks in 15-foot surf, right? You nailed it on the head right there, for sure. I mean, the days prior to leaving for the uh, event, I was out at Hokipa, which is a pretty, like, known uh, spot to surf. And it was it was good size, you know? It was solid overhead, and I was just going through the lineup with a 14-foot race board, pretty controlled, and just getting ready. And then Zane, no practice, but this is Zane in a nutshell. I mean, that kid can wake up from a nap in the middle of nowhere and go surf bombing waves. That's just his personality. But um, obviously, yeah, the guy he was competing against, past world champion, um, I'm pretty sure he just actually won the SUP Surf world title just recently. So not a, a random person, like a really good surfer, but it was bombing. It was 15 to 20 feet, you know, and Zane was like, like you said, doing full-on bottom turns, taking off behind the peak, uh, you know, full top turns and getting some solid rides. How did you guys prepare? I mean, did you guys train together and surfing and, and doing stand-up stuff? Or how did you guys prepare before um, Chile? I mean, typically, yeah, we would have probably done a little more training together. But like I mentioned, he was just head down doing his stuff. So literally his first time after not surfing for like two months was in Chile in a wetsuit in cold water. So insane for sure but um you know like the week leading up to it for instance because we had like three or four days of warm-up and then some off days and then the competition holding period started uh they had 10 days to run longboard men and female shortboard men and female subsurf men and female racing so four different divisions uh that isa had control over at the pan-american games because uh, while we were competing up in santiago four hours away there was like volleyball and tennis and you know fencing and all the other sports because it's basically an olympics but more sports because you have longboarding us uh, up surfing uh you know sub racing so 
pretty cool. I mean, really cool organization. Things were ran really professionally. And uh, yeah, just a rad experience overall. What were the emotions like? I mean, obviously, you've had high highs and you've had really low lows. But to be able to experience that with Zane and both of you guys take away a gold, like what were the emotions like then? The emotions were on it all through the roof because like literally was like going into that event, visualizing, praying, like, okay, if anybody's going to win, I hope it's Zane. But if we both could win, this would be freaking a miracle. And then literally that, that morning, because they had all the finals the last day, that morning, Zane won. And I hadn't raced yet. I hadn't done the finals. And I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, it's coming, it's coming. And then my turn next. And it just had, yeah, an insane amount of peace and just calmness around me. And then just, yeah, I went for it and uh, kind of had the same same style race there too. Just was able to get it from the second or third turn and then just defend that positioning. Not having to like go at 100%, but like 95, 97, saving that extra gear just in case. But um, yeah, pretty insane to both come home with that. And the Pan American Games are like, because Sup's not in the Olympics right now, right? So so this is like the Olympic level. If you think about it, this is the Olympic level for what your sport is. And so to like win that, in my mind, is like you just won the Olympics. Like my mindset would be tripping out. Like, I don't know. Is that just like, like, how do you cope with that, dude? Like you, you come on top a lot, Connor. And like as a professional athlete, like when you don't do well, how do you cope with that? Like, how do you, do you have struggles through that? And you mentally write stuff down and like go through that process or what do you do, man? Yeah, for sure. That's uh every athlete has that. And I actually had a couple of rough years in like 2000, I don't know, 18, 19, where I put a lot of like my identity and who I was in my results. And as an athlete, you kind of have to, you know, you have to put so much, you're like weeks out visualizing yourself coming across that uh, line in first place, training, putting every ounce of effort. So when that doesn't happen, it's like, boom, 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 you know, like the ladder and the steps just fall out from underneath you. But, um, you know, just after I think was a nice year, 2020, after those two hard years of just nothing, just kind of find out who I was, what I wanted to find where my purpose was and my identity was. And, um, that kind of helped really build me back up to have some, you know, on from 21, 22, 23 this year, have some, really good results, kind of like what I set my mind to winning those, obviously lost in Korea, lost in Thailand for the 200 meter. But I go back to that, what I said, I got to pinch myself because as a kid, I have the journal still, like I will be world champion one day. I will have this, I will, you know, so to see those things and to even have already achieved those and still be achieving those, it's just such a miracle. So I always just have to be super grateful and, and, you know, have a lot of gratitude and, I think a big thing too is just finding a lot of joy in the community and the event itself than the actual race, which has been able to kind of, you know, ground me out a bit, find a little bit more calmness in the storm. And um, yeah, it's amazing. What kind of difficulties or like hardships did you have going into these events? Anything or did your mindset just kind of like focus on it and you felt so confident and that's just how the outcome came? I mean, uh, definitely nerves, 100%. I think one of the biggest challenges would have had to have been leaving family, uh, especially because it was like I went to Korea for a week, came home for only a week, not even. And then, you know, my son's like, yeah, you're here, you're home. Oh, wait, you're leaving next week? Like, where's, why is your suitcase not put away yet? And then same, then two weeks down in Chile, come back for a week, and then two weeks in Thailand. So definitely the hardest challenge is just being away from family, 
um, having to cope with that and like um, shout out to the know, wifey. Obviously, yeah, seriously. Obviously, thanks for technology too, because that that's a big help. Kids are fighting over who gets uh, the FaceTime <laughs> call, right? With daddy putting the animal faces. <laughs> Yeah, but um, other than that, no, pretty pretty set, you know. Like like I said, I had I had two years, two thousand eighteen, nineteen, where I think my mind was more in the way and the problem of most the the loss and uh, you know the events that I came crumbling down on. So just building that back up, getting a stronger purpose, stronger kind of why, and um, you know, and that that came a lot from having a family. And showing, you know, showing the kids, you know, don't give up and things like that. Next steps for 2024. What's your, what's your goals and aspirations here? You know, uh, nothing too crazy. I definitely have some things in the works potentially happening. So it could be some shifting up, but far as uh, salt life and being in the water and sharing that with friends, family, kids, uh, that's never going to change. And definitely have some events planned the big world champions that ships that was in poland hungary this year in thailand that's going to be in florida so some home turf so to speak uh kind of seeing all the countries come to to our neck of the woods in the sense i actually have some family out there too so that's kind of cool um other than that yeah pan ams is every four years so don't have to think about that <laughs> but ISA will have their world championships the surfing federation the canoe federation so yeah more travel, more competitions, and of course, just time home with the family and uh, building up that 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 bond. That's the most important thing. Are the kiddos getting in the water or what? Oh yeah, for sure. My son, you can't get him out of the water. He doesn't super care for like going surfing or on the board or any of that, but uh, loves fishing, loves trying to catch fish in his net, looking for hermit crabs, looking for uh, treasures always. He's uh, getting super into body surfing now, just <laughs> letting the waves kind of like just crash crab. him up the beach. Yeah. And just gets pummeled in either with like nothing or he has like a pool noodle or a little boogie board he'll try to charge with. So uh, just kind of creating that fun stoke, not pushing anything, letting him, for instance, choose and dive into it. Nice, dude. That's epic. Connor. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this stuff, dude. Guaranteed, guaranteed. Always a pleasure catching up and uh, yeah, sharing sharing uh, what happened the tail end of the year and always looking forward to catch up next year. There could be a lot more exciting things happening. Absolutely, dude. Well, the whole Salt Life family is so stoked for you, bro, and so proud of you. Everything you've accomplished this year has been insane and it's it's so amazing to be able to like come on here and talk to you about this stuff. I, I look up to you and, you and the way that you train and work out and get after it. It's so cool and yeah. it inspires me and it inspires other people. So thanks for hopping on, dude. Before you before you hang up though, shout out your, your social media so people can get on your journey. For sure. Yeah, no, thank you guys. And uh, always living the salty life. You know that. And uh, yeah, if you want to give it a follow, see what we're up to even off season, maybe chasing some big waves um, and seeing what the family's going on. It's Conback, C-O-N-B-A-X. Hit me up. No worries. Always down to share tips and uh, tricks, uh, whether it's stand up or whatever. So let's go. Cool, Connor. Thanks for hopping on. And thanks, everybody, for listening in to today's podcast. We'll catch you next time. You. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.